0: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Business Breakthrough. Back again. uh, Got Wyatt Ramsey here. So, interesting about Wyatt is that he is a very, very niche-down contractor. So, he basically uh, handles um, repairs on slate roofs. And what's interesting about it is is that, you know, his... Survival is based on how well he educates his customers and uh, his ability to maintain a workforce that knows how to do this niche. So awesome topic, really had to get creative here. Why is a great guy, runs a great business with a great heart for who he serves and want to get better. So I think you guys are gonna really like today's business breakthrough. Contractors all over the world are wanting more, more time, more freedom, more impact. The way we do this is through implementing systems, processes, standards. Welcome to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Here we hit business strategy, coaching, mindset, motivation, the tools you need for success. So strap in, listen up, and get ready to grow on the Contractor Secrets Podcast. rock what's going on everyone i'm here with wyatt ramsey of richmond slate repair uh in uh, richmond virginia yes sir boom uh welcome man i just wanted to touch base with you a little bit about uh what's going really well in the business and then you tell me uh you know an area that you're wanting uh maybe some a different perspective on
1: sure absolutely all right so just a little bit of context so what i do is slate repairs mostly so on all Eastern port cities, uh, there's a European influence of slate roofs and, uh, that comes along with copper flashing. So, uh, slate repairs and copper flashing. So it's kind of a niche business. It's uh, small, um, and right now I have two main problems. Uh, one is leadership and the other is sales and the leadership problem is like, how do I get guys to care? Uh, so. Like one of the bigger issues right now is that there are a lot of uh, boomers with these skills that are retiring, and so when they're retiring, they're taking these skills with them. So like, unlike the painting world, where there's a lot of common knowledge about how, like, like technique and cutting, like cutting in and stuff, uh, with slate repairs, there's not a lot of knowledge of what to do, except there are some guys who know, who know the uh, skill who have been taught this from um, and like a apprentice model. However, those guys, if they learn this, they go out on their own. So having a, like a, a, a pool of applicants that already have like uh, inset skills uh, doesn't really exist. And then then on the sales side, so I jacked my prices up. Um, I'm doing about 40, 40 percent or so uh, on my um, uh, on my profit margin. However, I'm having trouble uh, doing an emotional. Well, I have two issues with uh, the the sales aspect. Uh, one is I'm I'm losing money on these lump lump sum contracts. Uh, meaning, like I, I'll bid a job for twenty eight hundred, thinking it's going to take me like a day and a half, ends up taking me like two or three days or something like this. So if I switch over to timely material. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of worried that uh, I won't be able to sell the job as well. And then it's like a emotional sell versus a technical sell issue. Whereas like uh, when I'm trying to sell the job, they just want to make sure that the water's not going to fall on their crib, but then trying to explain like how to differentiate what I'm doing from what someone else is doing uh, can be a little difficult because you have to get into the, like the technicalities. But as soon as I get into the technicalities, I think I'm losing the emotional sale. Uh, so those are my two issues.
0: Well, let's start with this. Are, who, how many individuals are on the, uh, are on the repair?
1: Typically? The pay, payroll right
0: now? No, 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 no. The repair. Like, let's say that $2,800 job that you gave me an example of. How many people typically would work on a job like that? Two. Okay. So would that, does that include you? or is that include, Are you at the point now where you have your team members doing that?
1: No. At one point I almost had that going, but now I'm, I'm back on the job with a helper. I had to let go. So of how, how
0: do you feel as though at, at a $2,800 job? I mean, I'm sure, you, what is your, what is your material margin on there? Typically.
1: Uh, I would say about 30%,
0: 40%. Okay. So, you know, give or take you're you you know, even if it's three days, you're not typically losing money. You're just not making as much profit.
1: Well, sometimes, sometimes like your uh, helper can't cost sixty percent of the job. Sometimes, like uh, the other day, um, I had a, a helper and um, hired a subcontractor to work with them and left to go get materials. Um, I set uh, I set the job up so that um, it was a re roof, so we had to take out a portion of the roof and put. Uh, uh, the the slate back. I set it up so that the pattern would match. He moved yep. the it around and it cost me like two days of uh, of work because we had to tear it all down and then redo yep. it. So sometimes like when it comes to an issue like this, I'm, and then also there's my burn rate, which is, you know, my operating expenses. Uh, I, I need to make at least uh, $1,200 a day to cover operating expenses. And that includes. what operating
0: expenses do you have that are so high?
1: Um, it's, uh, cost of uh, shop, uh, cost of truck, um, insurance, uh, cell phone, uh, uh, software stuff. Um, uh, I don't know. just the, the regular, That's uh, six
0: grand. How much did your shop cost?
1: Uh, going at 500 a month, something like this.
0: That's well. you're saying that you need to make six grand a week just to cover your your burn.
1: Yeah. And then way off. And then I have, uh, so workers, workers, comp and taxes are right. But those are, those are, those are
0: proportion. Yeah. Those are proportional to your, the labor expense. So I don't want to get too technical. I really just want to figure out kind of like, you know, when it comes to that sales process, it's definitely emotional. Okay. Like it's either they hire you to do it and you freak or they get rained on. I mean, you have so much leverage. It's insane. Um, so let's start there. I wouldn't, I want to know what your sales process looks like. Help me there. Like, you know, if I called you over for this service, what, what can I expect from the moment you walk in the door?
1: Uh, the first thing I'm going to do is ask what their issue is. Cause usually okay. when someone calls me, they have a problem. Some sure. water's leaking on the baby crib or something. So okay. I ask them, you know, like what the issue is, and it comes down to uh, one or two things, either there's a repair, and they need it done immediately. Uh, or uh, they're uh, a, a fluent client that wants to like redo their house. And so they want like newer, uh, shinier. Thing. Okay,
0: what are the percentages of the people that need it done immediately versus the people that are affluent and want to just
1: keep it. I would keep say it like uh, maybe 70, 30, 70% being repairs.
0: Okay. So let's focus on that. Okay. So take me through someone. I want, I want to repair. I need this repaired.
1: So I would say, okay, like show me, show me where the leak is. Um, and I would ask them like, what, you know, w- What's the leak uh, like? Causing like if, if it's over the dinner table or whatever. Like you know, how, how long have you been inconvenienced? That sort of thing. Uh, they tell me their story. Then I say that I'm going to go up, throw up the a ladder onto the roof, um, and uh, take a look at take a look at the issue. I go up there. I take pictures. I explain to the client what I believe the the source of the leak is, um, and then I explain what we have to do to fix the leak. And then uh, give them an estimate. Okay.
0: So let's try to make that even better because I feel like, you know, you got to understand that, you know, people, even though it is an emotional, um, an emotional purchase that's going to have to happen, it's usually an unexpected one and it wasn't budgeted for, right? It's a surprise, you know? So like, you've got to have a bigger, a little bit more leverage when it comes to that because, you know, the reality of this situation is, is that the issue could be the alternative of hiring a very qualified contractors yourself um, is a greater issue if it's not prepared properly. You and I both know that, right? Correct. Yeah. Right. We don't want to pitch that to fear, to, to instill fear. But we, what you need to be focusing on is why you're qualified and why you're worth the the investment at this point. And, and I think if you're just, you know, coming in, Identifying the problem, obviously, there's a problem. Scaling up the roof, taking a few pictures, and then explaining those pictures to what the customer's seeing, and then dropping a price on them, right? Uh, okay, I'm gonna get more quotes, right? Have you heard that before? I have, yeah. Okay, because you're typically gonna be more expensive. Obviously, like you said, you have this this large expense rate coming out. You know, you have trying to get employees together in a business where typically. Most of the individuals doing it are by themselves, so they don't really even care about wages and profit. They just care about whatever they can make for the day to do it, right? Correct. Correct. All right, cool. So let's talk about, first of all, what is most important to these customers is urgency. How quick can you get this done? Yes? Is that one of the biggest questions that you get? When can you get here? Right. Yeah. Always. Always. So for you, the greatest thing that you could do is pitch how efficient you are and how quickly you can get there. OK, even if it's not that quick, even if it's three weeks out Say I can get here quick. I have an opening within three weeks, even if it's three weeks. You understand? Because the perception is, is that everyone's busy, you know. But what I think that you should do, uh, do you use company
1: cam? I've just begun to use company cam You
0: need to use company cam. And what I what I highly suggest you do is you need to get an iPad. OK, and w- what I would do is I, after you scale down that roof, Okay. You sit them down at the table. All right. If you're not sitting at a table, giving this presentation, just leave. I mean, it's like that, if it's, if it's one of those things where you're standing up or you're outside, just kind of like pitching it the way you need to, how often do you guys, do you actually sit at a table and, 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 and try to sell your job?
1: I rarely go into a client's house,
0: rarely go into the house. Okay. Say, would you mind if we sat for a few moments as I so I can give you, an idea of what all this is going to entail do you have a place we can sit down inside now you might think that's kind of crazy right now because typically you come down from the roof the customers out there with his arms crossed right You right. know, looking like this trying to see you up there you know <laughs> people are so predictable man all right you scale down the roof you say listen i'm going to go to my truck i'm going to do an assessment okay on this repair okay and as soon as i'm done do you mind if we sit down inside for a few minutes? I'll bring my iPad in and we'll go through the repair in more depth. Okay. Do you think that that's valuable compared to what you've been doing before?
1: Are, you're asking me. About- I am. I am. Yeah. yeah as yeah, I pitched this to you, yeah. do
0: you see how the perception is no longer about the, the, the cost right now? He's more concerned about how much of an investment you're making in educating him as to what all is required the very first thing that you need to do instead of showing him what's wrong is showing him situations that you've made right. So what I'm thinking is, is that if you have company cam, what you're doing in company cam is you're taking a timeline of all these repairs that you're doing, okay? So for example, let's say you did one a week ago and it was similar and you have that timeline loaded into your company cam and you're taking pictures before, during, throughout and after, And you say, I want to show you a similar project that we just finished. And I want to show you what this process entails. So you show them a picture of someone else's project. And you say, listen, you're not the only one that deals with this. It is what it is. There's a European something or other that happens. I don't even know. I don't even need to know. You know this. You're the expert, okay? You show them this and you say, look, this is very similar. I'm going to show you yours in a few minutes, but I want you to see what you can expect when we repair this so you never have to make this investment again yeah that's the most important line of your sales process so you never have to make this investment again follow me so what you're doing is you're you're showcasing this to them and you're saying all right well listen this was this was mrs jones a couple weeks back this is what it looked like okay we went through this and we 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 gave her our seven step you know, process, whatever that is. Okay, guys. I mean, okay. It's all about perception, right? It's just our seven-step process. The first thing we did is we came here, we removed all the flashing, removed the broken slate. Okay. And we disposed of it. The stuff's heavy. So we're not going to leave it in your front lawn. We're going to make sure that we remove it off the site. Okay. Now we have a clean service to work from. We obviously ordered all your materials. We had it delivered. Now we're installing the slate. This is Joe, He's installing this. He's a great guy. He knows exactly what he's doing. We're super safe on your roof as well. Just so you know, and, and before we go any further, I do have a full workers comp policy. Obviously, you know, it shouldn't have to be something that's said, but it's something that needs to be said because not everyone operates that way. Let me continue here. Take a look at this picture here. So this is what happened on our first, uh, first, you know, process here. And then the second process here, and this was the end result. It's, it's finished. It's clean. And this should last 20 25 years, no problem. And you will never have to make this investment again. Okay. You're, it's a presentation. Okay. Because if you're expecting high dollar, you need more than just, hey, I'm, you know, why and we're, we're good at this. You know, that's not how people make decisions specifically because they didn't even want this. How often do you like to spend money on something you don't want to spend money on? It's painful, but you need to convert that pain to a good decision Do you understand yeah in order to justify the uncomfortable expense somebody in their brain who had this happen they have a leak they're thinking all right well how much is this going to cost me right does the insurance typically cover this or no
1: no why i mean it's imp- unless a tr- if a tree fell down on a roof then maybe but with uh slate it's just like you know General wear and tear over. Even harder. Right.
0: Is- so, so it's general wear and tear. It's on the customer to, 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 to maintain. So you have to understand that they come up with some idea of what this is going to cost. Everyone does this in any buying scenario. Right. And how they justify their opinion of what it costs is they get estimates. And if you're the outlier, which you probably are. Correct. And they had more people come before you. Okay. And you're not really separating yourself. I'm talking about that presentation that I'm showing you, showing you, showing them the company cam, swiping through it, right?
1: Should I go into what the cheaper <clears throat> guys are doing or no? No. Okay.
0: I mean, I don't think I don't I don't think you need to. I don't think if you went to go buy a car, you know, and you're sitting in a brand new 2020 or 2022 Porsche, you know, they're talking about how bad Hondas are. You know, the 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 Porsche speaks for itself. And I think people have a general understanding that contractors cut corners if you're not diligent. I mean, I'm not saying that people aren't, aren't aware. They just want to make a good decision. But, you know, I think that in this scenario, specifically, because chances are 90% of your customers haven't even seen what's up there. Mm. You need to really spend time putting together a presentation. And you're gonna you're going to see a dramatic difference just simply because during that presentation, if you start emphasizing how good you are and how much you care about this and how much of a niche this is for you and how, how much, you know, of a great experience they're going to get through the photos of a similar project. And then you say, okay, well, now that I've shown you a similar project, let me show you what's going on with yours here. This is what we need to do. You saw that in that photo, we did this, we did X, Y, Z. You can expect the same result. Okay. Did you have any questions about the repair process? No, we didn't. We just want to know what the quote is. Awesome. No problem. So before I get into the quote, you know, I want to ask you, have you gotten any quotes before on this? Okay. Because typically in my painting experience, I always ask, have you hired another painting contractor before? That's a common thing, but your thing is not common. Chances are they've never done this before. So I like to ask, have you gotten any other quotes for this yet? no, you're our first. Great. Okay. I'm setting the, I'm setting the standard, I guess today, you know, like make it a, a fun thing. If they say yes, say, okay, was there anything you felt about those quotes that um, you were uncomfortable with or that, that was missing from, from, and they say, well, you know, they said that there's three months out. Oh, uh Oh, now, you know, Hey, there's your leverage. You don't want to ask what the price was. That's not your business but you just want to see if there's anything you can pull out about. Was there anything that you, you didn't feel fully empowered, you know, from with those quotes? Did you feel like that there was something missing so I can make sure that, you know, I educate you on anything that you had questions about. Right. So now you're like their, their person, you know what I mean? Because like, you know, they got two quotes and they still have questions now your chance to answer them for them. Right. So then you get that out of the way and then you say, okay, here's our, here's my presentation. Right. Now, are you presenting the quote on an iPad?
1: Uh, no. Uh, I mean, generally I I'll go home and, and write it all up. Do you, do you feel as though you need to go home? Um, I'm, most jobs. No,
0: I don't think you need to, man. I feel like you need to, you need going home. It just prolongs the, the repair, man. I mean, it's like, you know, pricing, you know, how long things take. I mean, spend 45 minutes to an hour there if you need to. Work it up in your car. Start with the company cam, then come in with the drip jobs, you know, presentation right there on the iPad, man. And I'm and I'm saying this because it's like, you know, your your main problem is if you have sales, then it fixes the other problem. <laughs> you know, if you have a consistent flow of sales and you feel comfortable about what you're doing, you obviously found a way to market to this
1: niche right?
0: How often do you get called for this?
1: Every time it rains.
0: Every time it rains. Right. Yeah. Are you, are you backed up right now? Are you
1: pretty busy? Uh, no, no, because, because I raised my prices, I'm maybe closing on like 10% of, of uh, calls.
0: Well, again, if you compared what I just went over with you versus what you're doing, That's not a clear indication of whether or not price is influencing that. That's just a clear indication that there's a large gap between the way I believe you should be selling this and the way you're selling it and how people perceive and justify this expense. Right. Nobody wants to spend money. They don't have to spend, bro. (laughs) Like it's just, that's your game. That's the ball game you signed up for. For me with painting, People want it, (laughs) you know, it's like, usually they, you know, it's a little bit different.
1: If, if someone come, if I give a person a quote and they're coming back with, well, how did you get this price? Have I sold the job wrong or do I uh, then get into the nitty gritty of how I'm like pricing things or. Is that what they say?
0: How did you come up with this price?
1: Yeah. Sometimes.
0: Sometimes I'd say, you know, I mean, that, I mean, to be honest, I, I wouldn't, I don't really. I don't even have an answer for that. I mean, that's, that's, that's our price. I mean, but again, like part, part of what you need to be doing, maybe, maybe people are asking you that because you came up, you scaled up the roof, you talked for a minute, you said, all right, I'm going to send you a quote. And then you sent the quote and then they are, they're just, they just, they're just kind of confused, you know? So it's like, I think the more you go into the educational aspect of what you're doing and showcasing how you do it, those, those questions that people have naturally will just kind of fall away. Cause you're probably three to four times higher than anyone else. If you're only closing 10%. Uh,
1: yes. Yes. But, but this is where I'm like, I keep going back and forth with the other, with the other roofing companies, because like, there's generally like uh, two other reasons that the other guys come in super, super cheap is one, someone's going to go up there with a bucket of asphalt and smear it everywhere. Uh, and then they'll call it a repair. And then uh, two, uh, a lot of these guys don't have workers comp, don't have insurance and are paying under the table. Uh, so, I mean, they're not going to be I mean, how often
0: on a, How fund often fund on estimates are you telling customers do you have workers comp?
1: Um, only on the really big jobs.
0: Yeah, I mean, it needs to be the same process for everyone. So when you get to the big jobs, you're not, you know, you're trained. Like, you know, you got to have the same yeah. process, no matter if it's a big job or a small job. And I think I'm just being honest here, man. It's like, you got to really like put yourself in the position of your customers, right? They don't want you. They don't want to pay you (laughs) like, and that's, that's fine. That's not, but you have leverage because they need you. And it's one of those things where you got to understand that. Okay. Just because they need me, that doesn't mean they're going to pay me, but because they need me, I'm going to make them feel as good about this process as possible. And as good about the amount of money they're about to stroke me a check. for. That's it. You know, to be honest. And it's like, that process is so vital, man. Show them what they're getting, man. You know, it's like, they don't even know what they're getting. When they spend that money with you, that's not going to do anything for them. If they don't have something that they're thinking about long-term, you know what they're going to think about? If you do what I tell you to do, then you think about, oh, thank God I never have to deal with that again. And that's done properly.
1: Okay. Um, but really quick, would you would you go towards still doing a lump sum contract? Like if generally I can estimate. Yeah, like of course. How much do you do time and
0: materials, then you're going to get picked apart, man. And it's like, you can't yeah. really profit like the way you want to. And, and you've just got to know how long things take. That's on you. I mean, you're an expert. You should know, you know, how long things take. And it's like, if you're pricing out for a certain amount of time, and you don't hit that mark on the next one, you know, like maybe it's something you didn't come across and maybe, you know, but I honestly think that you should put an expiration date on all of your uh, proposals of two weeks, just because materials go up. Right. Uh, And, and emphasize that, look, this quote is good for two weeks. Prices are going up. If you want to move forward, um, you know, you can place a deposit today, you know, and I'll get you in, but you need to utilize urgency as your value proposition. Say, listen, I know you want this done. I have an opening next week. If you place a deposit today, we can order materials today and I can get you in next week. I mean, you're going to just start seeing like people just writing you checks just because if you just narrow down the process of pricing on the spot, selling with urgency, because it is an urgent matter and educating Scale up the roof, the whole process of you shaking hands, saying hello, seeing what's wrong, scaling up the roof, all that should take 10 minutes. Okay, that's it. You come down, you shake his hand again and say, listen, man, I'm going to do a full assessment on this. I I just did a 25-point inspection. You need to create the perception that you are above. I just did a 25-point inspection on this whole thing. Everything's good. If you're worried about your whole roof, no need to be worried. This thing is good. We're going to get this slate repaired. I'm going to put together a small assessment for you. Do you mind if we sit down for like five minutes inside uh, so I can show you uh, you know, some detail about what it is that you have up there and what it is that we're going to be able to do for you? Who's going to say no to that?
1: Yeah, No. Some you know, so let's guy. talk
0: about leadership because I think the sales thing we can keep going on that. But you got to try it to buy it, and uh, if you do wind up trying it and you want to refine it, let me know. So in terms of leadership, you're telling me that people don't see, you know, you're you're telling me this skill set's a dying breed, right? Like, you Correct. know, they're taking yeah. away all of their experience and they're going to the grave with it. Not many people who have been doing this wide have been fortunate enough to put away a 401k, I'm sure, and be able to retire happily. That is not. Uh, a reality for most, I think that you got to help me understand, you know, number one, is this niche sustainable for massive growth? Like in terms of like you being a, a, let's say you just become a sales company for slate repair. Could you possibly expand this to the point where you can just continue to grow, 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 and maybe hit the mark of $5 million a year? Is there that much of a need for it?
1: yes i mean in are they even laying down slate
0: roofs anymore
1: yeah yeah Yeah. it's still a thing and it comes with the kind of like metal roofs attached i mean the the way that i think about the business model is uh repairs to get my foot in the door for like re-roofs and bigger roofs
0: okay are you doing re-roofs yes okay and who's doing that
1: uh usually i'll I'll do the, the fancy details and I'll sub out the, uh, the redundant stuff. The bulk work. Yeah.
0: Okay. So how often do you sell a roof?
1: Um, a re-roof. Now it's getting to be about once every month.
0: Once a month. Okay. So you know, when you look at, when you look at the big picture, man, it's like, those are two different businesses, (laughs) you know, and you know, this, I mean, your, your company's called slate repair. Correct. And you're selling roofs. Yeah. And it's like, it's hard for you to focus on one. If you're balancing subs on the other and you're stepping in and doing fancy work on one, and then you're not really marketing for the other. You're just hoping that the phone rings when it comes. I mean, don't you feel as though you're kind of spread thin?
1: Um. well, right. I mean, yeah. with, with, you know, one helper. Yes. Right now. Yeah. So
0: when you say you can't establish leadership, leadership in a sense is a form of ownership. In other words, the person who is essentially a leader in the role of which you want them to lead feels a sense of ownership. That doesn't mean financial ownership. It just means that they feel in control. And more importantly, they feel as though that they're heading in a, in a momentous direction. That's what I've experienced. I've had people that have never managed anything. And at this moment in time, I'm able to sit here and I know that they're managing my jobs in a way that is as close as possible to I. I would not never going to hit it hundred percent, but as close as possible. And they care. Okay. Management is, is about care. So for me, it's like, what are you expecting out of somebody to come in and take some form of leadership when you guys are really in a bunch of different directions, right? You have a helper well, helping you with slate repair. And then he comes in with, are you, are you, or are you looking for a subcontractor to come in with this experience and, and have some leadership? Help me understand.
1: Well, what what's the helpers? I mean, the re-roofs are, are so rare and in between. I mean, the guys who have worked with me, they've only done repairs and it's wash, rinse, repeat. It's the same thing day in, day right. out valleys, chimney flashing, slate broken slates, same thing. Um but the guys who I get to do the job, uh sometimes I mean they'll they'll learn the basics, but uh they'll still walk on the slate, they'll still leave their trash in the in the customer's yard. Now do you say uh,
0: the guys you get to do the job, is this an employee or is this a right uh, the em-
1: employees I I okay. have had and uh yeah in the past that I had to let go because they continued to trash the job sites and I would come back, I would run to the store to, or Lowe's to grab something, come back. And like, they'd be breaking like five OSHA violations and I would have to continually. And at that, at some point it became a, li- it became a liability. And I was just like, okay, well, these guys are costing me more than they're, they're making. I, can
0: I ask you a question? How was, let's just give me an example. What does your what does your process look like to acquire these individuals?
1: Uh, well, at first I was trying Indeed in and different Facebook uh, like roofing groups and stuff. Um, and within Indeed, it was kind of hit or miss, and most of the people who applied uh, had no experience uh, in, with Slate, uh, which you're not moment.
0: willing to. You you want someone with experience with Slate.
1: I mean that. At this point, it would be really nice to have a production manager. Uh, yeah, because that way I could have him, I could, I could show him exactly how I do things. He could learn it in like a day or two, and then he could uh, manage some other people. Uh, but what it ends up becoming is hiring someone who has absolutely no skill and then teaching them from scratch and then them losing interest or not caring and then uh, like doing that again. Um, what is it? What cost is, a lot of money.
0: Are you? What are you paying them in terms of hourly, or what is that? What is that? Uh, like?
1: Twenty dollars an hour to start.
0: Oh wow, That's not bad. So, in terms of like your hiring process, somebody applied on Indeed, and then how do you go about like next steps?
1: Well, then I ask them, you know, uh, why they want the job, um, see what they say, and then uh, from there, uh, I send them uh, a questionnaire google form um i tried taking a few pages from your notebook yeah um and then the phone interview uh in-person interview and then um a print like on the site apprentice and then they're a 1099 until they work for a few months and then i'm like okay well if you work for a few months and you have this like um and i uh and i think i think there's a good fit uh then i'll, I'll bring them on board um And then they'll be on board for three months, some people, uh, a year. Um, but, and then I, I have, it's like a, a, um, a creep of a sort of, um, of, of just not caring, like slowly, 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 they'll arrive to the job later, 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 um, They'll, you know, like they'll leave all like their Gatorade bottles all over the yard. They'll walk all over the slate. They just
0: do they typically work by themselves in this capacity?
1: Uh, no. I mean, sometimes you have to divide and conquer. So like, say like I'm on the back working on chimney flashing and they're on the front doing like doing a few slate repairs or something like this, you know, like I'll walk around and then see, oh, like, oh, my God, like you're not tied in. And then they'll be like, well, the harness was uncomfortable or like they left their trash all over the, the customer's yard. And I tried to explain to them, like uh, this is, you know, like the customer sees this is kind of disrespectful. Like these are some like high-end neighborhoods. You can't just like have your shirt off and be like, it's not rockets everywhere. It's just, it's not a professional look. And so uh, eventually it gets to the point where I'm like, okay, well enough's enough. I have to get rid of these guys because this is killing my reputation like, I can't have disrespecting the clients.
0: So, so the thing is, is that like, I think you really need to understand that you're looking for character here. I mean, and you're looking for it in an industry where character is not as common as skill set. I mean, it's just one of those things where you see roofers is just exactly what you're describing. You know, I mean, that's, that's at least my perspective of, you know, the trade, it's, it's a very hard trade. Uh, It's, it's, you know, if you get someone with experience, they're used to, grinding it out with their shirt off blowing snot rockets getting it done man it's a it's a hard gig and you're trying to find the balance between that and then somebody that operates the same way you do you have a different standard and that's good but you're looking for someone with skill set that doesn't want to that doesn't align with what you just explained and you want them to um you know, show up on time and do all these things that you want. And of course the, you know, you're looking for like a unicorn in a sense, and then you want them to be a project manager to boot. So you want like this, this, this mecha human to come in and alleviate some of the stress that's going on in your business. And it's like, I don't think that's a reality. I don't think so. I think that if you keep looking for that, you're never going to find it. I think you need to find somebody that has no experience, train them to be a manager and, you know, and, and build from within. I mean, that's how I did it. That's how many successful other business owners just do it. And it's like, when you just start off the relationship, like, Hey, well, you're going to be on a 1099 until you prove yourself to me. Well, what did he do in the working interview? That's, that's, that's actually worse. That's not a good idea because when they get their 1099 check, it's actually going to be more than their W2 check. And then they're going to be pissed when they become a W2. So, you know, it's like one of those things where it's like, well, all right, well, so I'm not officially an employee, and you don't have to pay taxes on my behalf. So I'm not going to be loyal to you. If you're not loyal to me, you know, that doesn't help them at all. Um, I think if you're going to hire somebody go all in, just like if you were to date somebody, you don't, you know, just say, you know what, we're not going to really date until I know that you're official, (laughs) you know? Um, but bro, you're, you're in such a niche. And I think the thing about it is, is that when people come to work, they want to, they want to feel as though, um, you know that they're 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 inspiring uh change they're they're making that customer happy and i encourage you to allow whoever you bring in to uh to to interact with the customer as much as possible be like hey can you show them the company cam uh update you know you know because inside the company cam you have a portal where you keep uploading photos for one job so you know hey man go show them that it'll make a world of difference because i know that my team loves making our customers happy they really could care less about what the job comes i mean obviously they know yeah oh nice job but like if, if the difference between us working in an empty house versus working in a home where there's two people that are checking in on our progress every so often and telling us you know how much they like it world of difference dude world of difference and i think that's part of what keeps my guys inspired to to do their best work is that they know they're making a difference you I know yeah they can see it. And if you're not allowing interaction, you know, or you're not facilitating that interaction between your teammates and the customer um, they're missing out on that. They're just going up on a roof. Their, their, their relationship is with the roof, not with the customer. And I think that's important. If you want to create that culture of care, it's like, well, when they throw their shit on the floor, excuse my language, they throw their stuff on the floor. Okay. um, You know, that's, they're not really, they're not really connected to the customer, bro. Like I think that that's important. You know, I think you need to really think about that and see how you can make that a part of your business. It's a world of difference.
1: Yeah. That makes sense as far as like getting them. um, Yeah. Yeah. um, Okay. So, Are you, do you,
0: do you, when you, when I say that, do you reflect on like, uh, you know, maybe some previous employees that just never talk to the customer?
1: <laughs> well, no, I mean, they, 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 all meet the customer. I mean, they're, so they're, they're, they're there on the estimate and the, I mean, the clients, they come out and they're looking and I mean, they'll, they'll talk to the client. I just, I don't, I don't think that they have the, like, so my, one of, one of my backgrounds is in, in is in waiting. And I know like with, on waiting tables, for instance, like if you, if you mess up an order, the first thing that you need to do is you got to take that order away from the customer's eyes immediately because they're like fixated on that problem that happened, right? When, uh, when someone like trashes the yard and, or the tools are just like spread out uh, everywhere and it looks like a bomb went off, Like the customer sees this disorganization and they think like, well, if the the yard is like like, uh, chaotic, then like what the heck's happening on the roof? And it's really hard for me to impress upon on these guys and they're good guys, but they just, they don't see that as a problem. Like they don't, they don't see that as a sign. I think that's
0: such a general statement, man. I mean, I think, I think your sample data is so small to make that assumption across the board. I think there's someone out there right now that would love to work alongside you and help you grow. It's just a matter of how diligent are you in finding that person and how filtered out are you? You know, let me ask you this, just truth, honesty, and transparency here. How much money are you spending on Indeed Ads right now at this moment?
1: Um, like 600 a month, something like this. Right now? Yeah.
0: You have applicants pouring in?
1: Um, I have about five applicants right now. I, I just, I just reinstated this, um, about two weeks ago and I have about okay, five so,
0: applicants. So the goal should be, you should at least do five in-person interviews before you make one hire. And I think like, if you go through that, I mean, you're going to, you're going to really see who you want to work alongside, but you got to be as a leader. Now let's talk about you. As a leader, you need to be pitching the vision, man. And it's like, if you can't do that, you're not going to inspire people to, to do their best work. It's just not going to happen. If you, can't, if you can't come from your heart and look at somebody and say, hey, listen, I want to take you from where you are to where you want to be in the capacity of which that I, that I can serve you. And to me, I want to know what is it that you're striving for in life? What is it? If you can't ask that question, that's because you're probably scared that you won't be able to help them get it. But if you can ask that question, that means that you just added some ownership to your personal responsibility to this individual. They're going to help them achieve it. And if they said, "You know what, Wyatt, I want to get a new car," and you say, "Okay, well, I'm going to make it one of my goals to help you get a new car," you can't do that if you put them on a 10.99. They got to be a W-2. They can't prove their income. Or what if they say, "You know what, I've I've been married for 10 years. I want to help my wife get a..." you know, me and my wife get a new, new apartment, you know, uh, and we, we want to own it, you know? And it's like, okay, well, let me help you do that. And it's like, if you don't know the internal desires and motivations that your workers have, well, how can you hold them accountable when they don't work hard or don't do what you want them to do? You know, it's like, that's yeah.
1: important. No, I, I, I a hundred percent agree with you. Um, I was talking with one of my guys the other day and asking him what he wants to do, but, um, he, he doesn't have. That's uh, an interview
0: question, bro. <laughs> you know, that's not something you ask when you don't know that's an interview question. And and, and it's like, if, if you would have asked that guy, if he doesn't have something, if somebody doesn't have, if if you ask somebody on the interview, you know, what is it that you're waking up every morning? What are you striving for? And they say, you know, I just want to, you know, I'm just trying to make some money. Yeah. Is that what he said? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, well, great. You got a guy that has nothing internal driving him for work other than money. That's it. So you're getting poor results because he's got nothing that's making him stretch outside of himself and be better, be for something greater. You know, he's got to rise to the occasion. If he wants a house, a car, he wants, you know, to impact his family in a positive way, just like you're trying to do. You don't have anyone rise into the occasion around you. You have people that are settling for the, for the exchange. Yeah. And, and that's what's happening.
1: But Finding those guys who want to rise to the occasion. That's, that's the rub, well, like right. Like I said,
0: in the interview process, there's never been an interview I did where I did not ask, what is it that motivates you? And I use that as, as ammunition, not, not only for me, but for them. You know, I have people, everyone in my business right now is striving for something other than other than uh, their own personal endeavors, right? It's most of them are wanting a better life for their family, more stability. They have babies, they got things going on. Like, I love that. It's the collective goal of achievement. If you're going to work for me, I want you to just get something out of it greater than money. And you go on to do something else. God bless you, move on, enjoy. But while you're here, you're going to level up one, you know? And it's like, not only are you going to do it for me, you're doing it for you. And, it, and, and sometimes people doing it for themselves isn't strong enough to make them actually do great work. It's when they have people depending on them. That's when we become superheroes. You know? And it's like, you want to look for people that say, well, you know, I want to create a better life for my kid or my family or my, my, my mother or whatever. You want to, you know, I want a new house. I want, to, I, want to, I want to advance in life. And you have an opportunity to give someone the opportunity to do that. And it's important for you to be aware of it. So you know who you're hiring and what they're striving for. Everyone wakes up every single day with some t- sort of motivation, whether that motivation is, you know, to do drugs or to create a better life. It's a motivation. You just got to find out what the motivations are of your team. And then you can put them in a position to be better leaders, because typically leaders like you and I, let me ask you this. Why? I'm going to prove my point here. What are you doing this for, dude? What are you, what's your motivation? Uh, You're just in this. Are you just in this make money?
1: No, no. Um, I, I mean, I'm owning a business because I mean, I, I think, I feel like most people who own businesses, maybe this is a broad sweeping generality, but, um, are internally motivated to see how much they can accomplish to see what they're, uh, what's possible. And, uh, so I mean, that's, and I'm a builder. So, I mean, I like to build, I want to build this company. I want to build something that has a strong foundation, but also I've just worked for so many shitty bosses that I just wanted to be a really good boss. And I wanted to do like, you know, when you're working for someone who's uh, uh, very bad, you always think to yourself, okay, like when I have the chance to make my own company, I will do things different. I will do, I won't do X, Y, and Z. I'm going to do a, B and C. Because
0: you remember how it made you feel right i think like you you can't you have this purposeful desire to impact others in a good way okay in other words like although yes you want to build and stuff the the desire that you come to work every day with is that you want to create something for others okay and it's the same with me it's the same with all good business owners anyone listen to this you are doing this for other people believe it or not okay that's just the reality of it like the good business owners are okay so like remember we're not good when we only have motivations for ourselves and when we work alone, or if we do things just by ourselves, we're, we're, we're not good, but it's interesting when we get a good hire, we step it up. It's weird, right? Like it was like, all right, now I really got to get my stuff together. Now I got to make sure everything's in place. Cause I don't want this guy to think that I'm a fraud. I want to make sure that he, but if you didn't care, you'd be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Just, this is how it is. You know, you know, we don't have payroll. We just do what it do. What we want, you know, but no, like you want to make sure the environment is good. Cause maybe, you know you know, I tell people this all the time. It's one of my things I like to say, I like make your company a celebration when they get hired. And if your company is not a celebration when they get hired, then that's, that's, that's on you. You know, is, is your company a reason to celebrate when they come home to their significant other and they say, I got the job or is it, all right, well, I got the job, you know, it wasn't the one I wanted, or is it, this is a, this is a stepping stone, maybe to something different, you know, but it, or is it I got the job? And, and you need to be the one to create that through your words, through your actions and the way that you're disciplined in your hiring process, through the vision of how you portray what exactly they're going to expect from day one. If you're telling me that you want to bring in people that you want to teach how to do slate repair, do you have documentation on, on what slate repair requires? Do you have a set training uh process for what slate repair requires is there a certification certificate at the end once they achieve this result of a slate repair specialist you know i mean these are things just to think about and i think if you can narrow these things down you're going to find that and it's going to take a while this isn't something that's going to happen overnight bro you know but starts with the sale process because you have if you have a lot of sales you know, these problems on our, on our side become easier, You know, but uh, you know, this is also equally important. Good topic there. I appreciate you bringing this up.
1: Yeah. Well, I really um, appreciate your, uh, your words of wisdom and um, I'll put this into action.
0: Good luck, man. Tell me how it goes.
1: All right. Thanks so much. Tanner. Thanks
0: brother. Take care, man. You too. Hey, hey, thanks for checking out today's business breakthrough. Now, before you head out, I am going to drop a Drip Jobs testimonial here. Not only is this great um, for obviously Drip Jobs to be able to showcase to you how awesome it is, but it's really cool for you to see how other people um, run their business, which that's typically why uh, you check out these business breakthroughs so we can all learn from one another and grow. So um, I try to keep these spotlights pretty interesting. So if you can hang out for a little bit, you want to hear a little bit about how Holly is uh, crushing it with Drip Jobs. Uh, you will find uh, that up shortly. Thanks. Bye. Hey, what's up everyone. I'm here with Holly uh, Barlow. Um, she is a Drip Jobs, what we call pro user, just killing it. And uh, she agreed to come on here and just share a little bit about how you're using it. We love to get more female entrepreneurs, um, you know, in the painting space utilizing it. So, you know, maybe this will resonate with them, which we're excited about. So, tell me a little bit about how uh, Drip Jobs is as, is working for you right now in your business. How's it helping you?
2: Um, I am I am loving it because one thing that I've learned um, through using this is follow up is key because it's something that I'm so busy and like overwhelmed with estimates and things um, that this does it for me. And so then all of a sudden I'm getting replies that I forgot that drip jobs asked for me. And I was like, look at that. And so it's just, it's really helpful because I know it's gotta be frustrating trying to get a hold of a contractor right now, any contractor and um, to feel ghosted is never what anybody wants to feel. And so that's really helpful. And actually even asking the question, if I didn't get the bid, um, I'm not right. one to ask why. Right. But it asks for me, so I can't even chicken out. <laughs> and That's I it. am I'm actually getting good feedback um from the from the well potential clients that I missed sure. or you know. So yeah, I'm I'm really appreciating the the communication it helps me to have. Sure.
0: Yeah. What were you doing before? What what software were you using before? Nothing. Well nothing.
2: I would use square to send out estimates. Yeah. Uh, and then just text messaging and then my phone would just be blowing up all the time.
0: Gotcha. So this is like opened up a portal of like organization, communication, easy to yeah. use, would you say easy to adopt?
2: Yes. It took it took some time to figure out how to twerk, to to make it my own like words, a few of those things. Sure. But once you get it figured out, yeah, it's just all automatic and it's- I love it's, it. Yeah, I
0: love it. How do you like the uh, proposal builder? We have a new option feature. I don't know if you've seen that, but that's something we're excited about. Are you, um, you know, are you, is it easy to build proposals pretty much?
2: Yes, that being able to have all the details filled in and not having to type it out every time. is That's <laughs> right there.
0: I love it. And then um, the booking link. So that's another really big piece. Do you send people that link whenever they call you or how? To, how have you been doing that, getting them into the system?
2: that yes that's right on my website which you help me connect yeah which i like and so honestly i don't even my voicemail sends them to my website yeah my website sends them to this link and, Boom. So, and then
0: you just get an email it says hey you have a new request yep can't beat it yeah listen there's one more question i always ask with these we try to keep them short sweet and to the point um if there was a Someone out there on the fence, you know, and they were in your shoes. I know that took you a little while to kind of give me a shot um, when we first started. I know you were excited about it. Um, you know, what would you say to somebody that's on the fence about this in terms of like wanting to, you know, elevate their business, their professionalism, their organization? What would you, what, what advice would you give them?
2: Um, I would say it's great because one, for one, I've received jobs just from the follow up, even after. I thought I kind of lost them, but then wow. this follows up and they're like, actually, okay. So, so I made money back already. And then also <laughs> figured out budget-wise how much I was paying someone to go through all my emails uh, with my estimator. And this just streamlines everything and they can even log in um, and see all the pending estimates and all that and skip Love a step that. and yeah.
0: Love that. Holly, I always uh, appreciate chatting with you. Thank you for your help in the group too. You're awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, best of luck on your continued journey and, and keep rocking and rolling.
2: All right. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much.